you can't check your six. It's kind of like, you know, taking a screwdriver to a gunfight. What's happening? Just like old Tom, Tom. Pause it last time, Aaron, your turn. Okay. Uh, hello and welcome to Steven See It All, uh, our friendly podcast where we look at every single Steven Seagal film. And if you want to see the extra stuff, you got to join the Patreon. Uh, <laughs> Which surely will exist. Today we are talking... I'm working on that Patreon hard. Uh, today we are talking about the 1990 Steven Seagal vehicle, Hard to Kill... Uh, the second of Steven Seagal's 50 films. We're we're making progress. You're not going to so say your name? Surely. Oh, yeah. Uh, I am Aaron. I'm Hans. I, and I'm Zach. And, uh, <laughs> I guess. What are our general impressions of this movie? Well, well real quick, before we the, get uh, going, I just want to let you both know that I tried to buy StevenCAtAll.com but I can't get the login info to my GoDaddy account. So I'm going to have to make sure that I get that purchased before we release okay. these. Yes. Okay, sure. And then if we decide on another, you know, Uber, watch whatever, you know, yeah. some other kind of title, get that too, just to be safe. Yeah. yeah. And then StevenCAtAll.com can redirect, you know. Oh, yeah. But I, I appreciate the that can-do attitude, Hans, that real go-getter mentality with a team player. I think Hans just has an addiction of buying URL domain names. <laughs> I only own one. I feel like you're buying a new one every time I talk to you. This I only own one domain. It's my domain, Hansschreiner.com. Okay, okay. I tried. I, I tried. I tried to get Hans.com. It is for sale, but the person that was negotiating it, they told me that uh, they thought I should start the negotiations at fifteen grand and go up from there. Obviously. And I said, <laughs> no. Obviously. No. What happened to Hans.Pizza? I would so much rather have Hans.com. Could you imagine how cool I that mean, would that's be? Fair. That's fair. All right. So, Aaron, let's do a quick yeah, yeah, yeah. recap. Okay, More so, competently than I did last episode, and then we'll go right uh, into that. Quick synopsis of Steven Seagal's Hard to Kill. Uh, Steven Seagal You mean plays... Steven Seagal is hard to kill. Steven Seagal <laughs> is very hard to kill in this movie, <laughs> which is kind of the whole theme. You remember, uh, and we were talking about in the last one how it's like the whole theme is that he is above the law, and then at the very end of the movie, he's not above the law, and he doesn't yep. think people should be above the law. It's funny because Zach, think... you were telling me that all of his like early movies are supposed to be said like Steven Seagal is blank. Steven Seagal is above the law. Doesn't really make sense in that context because no. again, it reinforces no. he was all above the... the law. I think so. We'll get, we'll we'll get, get to this later. This. this is a this I is need... a tease for episode four. They do actually have like there was. Not network. That's not the right word. Studio man. They did have like studio mandated rules. Like at that point for his films, like they were sticking to a theme there. I think it accidentally became. They all work with Stephen Skull is blank, but they do actually have like legit rules that we'll get to later on. Yes, but mm-hmm. let's talk about the plot real quick. Yes. Yep. Uh, quick plot synopsis of Stephen Seagal's Hard to Kill. I remember uh, this Steven one. Stephen Seagal better. plays uh, Michael Scarn, who needs to protect the All Star <laughs> Game <laughs> from terror. No, wait. Mason I'm Storm. sorry, that's Threat Level Midnight, <laughs> which if you've seen Threat Level Midnight, you have seen Hard to Kill. Um, in my personal opinion, they are basically the same energy. Um, but in, in reality, uh, Steven Seagal plays Mason Storm, an L.A. Yeah. cop uh, who is investigating 
something corruption corruption uh and he gets the docs yeah he's investigating a mob meeting yes he like takes a video recording of a mob meeting which it should have been immediately obvious who was at this meeting but he's not quite sure for some reason uh and he hides the video it was dark rainy kind of wet but he does do karate against a couple guys in this opening sequence because it's a steven seagal movie good good Um, he gets away um he hides away he makes some copies of like this videotape he doesn't uh, make any copies he stores it in his in oh, his house right. like he puts it in a yes, secret he cabinet secrets away a videotape of a mob meeting where they plan mm-hmm. to kill a senator we have a theme here already two movies in a row there's a plot to kill a senator <laughs> um and then he is presumably killed his whole family dies there's dirty cops keeping tabs on him so they tell yes. the mob and the mob kills him and his family and also again his partner yes. we, uh, if you're uh, if you're his partner you're dying in the first like 10 minutes i'm yeah. sorry yeah his partner dies in like the first 10 minutes he is put into a coma uh where he is looked after by a sassy black lady and a really horny nurse because it's the 19 it's 1990 um, and this is his dream of just like if Steven Seagal was in a hospital, of course, like everyone would be thirsting after him. And all yes, would just, just be like, oh, I can't wait till he wakes up. Yeah, so he spends seven years in a coma. Seven was years. it really seven years? Seven years in a coma. Yeah, the opening sequence takes place in 1983, and the rest of the movie takes place in the present of 1990. Got it. So he spends it really seven it, years. it jumps ahead to like modern day, which I thought was yeah. Uh, yeah, so he spends seven years in a coma, and wit- during which time they give him like a Fu Manchu while he's in his hospital. No, we, we'll, we'll no, get no, to no, that. No, 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 it's whole, even better than the that. The whole hospital scene, there's so much to talk about there, we'll get to it. We'll get uh, to that. And then after some slapstick hijinks, um, he... Literally. <laughs> literally, like, it's like hijinks, like, he's like turns into a comedy things with a broom. Um, he heals himself using ancient Chinese medicine, uh, in some Orientalism kind of thing. Um, well, the nurse helps him get away in her Ford yes. Mustang. Yes. Uh, and there's like a great chase sequence through an open field. And then they go to a place she's just house sitting. Oh like yeah. And she happens house. to be house sitting at like this mansion out in the middle of nowhere. That. This that happens to slash have training grounds slash dojo. Yeah, that happens to have all of the necessary equipment for him to complete an ancient Chinese healing ritual. Um, slash training regimen to get which back to his peak. Wikipedia condition. tells me is called Moksubustin. Moksubustin. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, burning particular kinds of mugwort and incense at chi points on your body. He actually, in this movie, stabs himself with acupuncture needles and lights them on fire. Right. Um, As you do. It's very interesting. To be fair, if you're a 17-year-old in 1990, that's probably pretty That's pretty rad, actually. That's pretty rad. Um, The the knockoff Jason Momoa uh, beard is not cool. Yes, and then so then he has to... It's been seven years. There was a murder in his house. He has to sneak into his own home. Uh, by lying to a whole bunch of people. Well, no, they find, find him. The they find him at the at the place where he's getting like rehabilitated. Luckily, they only yeah. find him after he's fully rehabilitated. Mm-hmm. Yes, after of course, this after this amazing so training montage, rebuild his body in which he like punches boards and like. Okay, so again, Rocky esque every... running up a mountain. 
every movie I will give a dumb point that is completely meaningless. Last one was when he did turn in his badge and his gun. This one I do have to give like the training slash you know rehabilitation montage that gets a Zach point for me this time. Does wow, it? Really? It was awful. Like, like I thought it was really no. Crazy. It was off. No, it's awful. It's not good. But like it, like you said, it's just like they they saw Rocky. They said, "Oh, Rocky has a training montage." A movie like this, you know, the guy you know recovering for his big fight needs a training montage. When so. did Rocky come out? Was it before this? Um, hopefully, yeah, it had to have come out before this. Yeah, because this was ninety. And Rocky, Rocky definitely. Came oh, that was seventy six. Yeah. Oh, see, that's how much I know about movies. Um, also, though, something we need to touch on here, something very important. Yes. Um, in the opening scene, his son does escape, and his son is still alive, but we find out that his son is being cared for by one of his friends. Oh, that's because right. Because he does not factor into, like, the first two-thirds of the movie, but no. he, does, he will oh, very yeah. lightly factor so, into... That's right. Like, yeah, right, he, like, right before okay. the baddies find him at the ranch house, he has the... His, his like, cop buddy comes and tells them that they... Yeah. So, and I think this begins a theme that we'll, we will see in later movies of, like, a cop buddy who is willing to break all the rules to help him. Mm-hmm. But actually, yeah, like, right. he's working you're against the system, right. but actually the other people in the system are kind of cool with his whole universe, yeah. too. Yeah, they hate the, the people in the system hate the system, yeah. too. They're like, no, you know, you're right, actually. But, <laughs> but they're and not they allowed be... to break the rules of the system. Only Seagal is. They have to give him permission to break the rules of the system. <laughs> yes. Um... And uh, so then eventually uh, he finds out who was at this mob meeting and it was a senator because I, two movies in a row, there's a plot about to killing a senator. And now there's a senator who is becoming powerful by using mob connections and stuff. So we have we have a lot of themes going on through Seagal's work so far. Um, and then he breaks into the senator's home, at least. Hmm. We have the imitation of themes. Yeah, there's. Oh, I think so that far. that's like a great way to describe it. The imitation mm-hmm. of theme. Um, there's an attempt at a theme, uh, <laughs> and he finally breaks into the senator's home, which is like this gigantic palatial mansion, where he's like hanging out with presumably prostitutes in his hot tub. This is the kind of beginning, so something you'll see, especially in these early ones that we've watched so far in the first four, the amount of naked or half-naked women increases with every movie. So you're starting to see this here. This last one. I have a lot to say about that for Out for Justice once we get to movie number four. I have a lot to say about this. But this is where we start to see it. We got the women in the hot tub. It gets so much worse from Mm -hmm. here on out, but you Mm -hmm. start to see it increase from the last movie. No, I think actually, and we'll get into themes in a minute, but I think this is, I think Hard to Kill is where the theme really begins. Mm-hmm. no for sure um and it um it becomes more overt in the later movies so far but i think here's where it really begins uh so then eventually like he's holding a senator at gunpoint after having broken like every law in existence about violence um <laughs> but the cops are cool with it because they found the copy of the tape where the senator openly admits to plotting to murder another senator and that's the movie and then it just kind of ends <laughs> um, uh, he's he's like reunited with his son yeah he's shows, reunited with his son and they show and shows the tape they show the tape on the, the news yeah. and i will say so in the they original the ending, sunset there was a different original ending which you do see in the theatrical trailer where he just um kills the guy yeah where like they he doesn't they don't expose him or anything he just like murders the dude and then he attends the funeral for um his partner who had been his friend who had been taking care of his son yeah 
Oh, the senator. So, so here's something that happens in a lot of these movies. The senator, when he's captured, is like in a in a bathrobe, right? Sure. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was. Sure. I forgot about that. Which okay. happens in like okay. a lot of movies you. from this period, and I would love to investigate this theme of like evil yeah, villains in bathrobes the at the moment of their death or capture. I don't know if the theme's the right word. <laughs> trope. This kind of, yeah, this kind of weird thing. So very specific trope. I remember it specifically from uh, Tim Burton's Batman, nineteen eighty nine, when the Joker yes, yes. kills excellent film. The mob boss, which I want to call, call Falcone, but I'm pretty sure it was not Falcone. Falcone's the Dark Knight mob boss? Uh, yeah, well, That's I mean, he's, he's a Batman mob boss. He's from the comics. Well, yeah, but anyway. Yeah. So we can just call him Falcone. That's cool. uh, I don't think it's Falcone. I mean, but, it maybe it could have been. I don't know. Uh, but there's like some sort of mob boss that the Joker used to work for, and he comes back and he kills him, and he's wearing a bathrobe. And I don't, like in a lot of movies from the late 80s, early 90s, villains well, are defeated so while wearing a bathrobe. Do you have a third one? <laughs> uh, actually, the Watchmen comic. <laughs> okay and uh, so the Zack Snyder Watchmen movie also yeah that, I guess, um, which is uh, set in the same era although that does happen at the beginning you're, I assume you're talking about spoiler alert the comedian being thrown out the window yeah a comedian Sports. is thrown out the window in a bathrobe oh what if oh, what if this is just a Watchmen podcast we could be talking we could be talking about way better media oh now we could do podcast okay okay so what were our thoughts on hard to kill yeah um, general thoughts go so so i we we have to address the fu manchu we, we said we'd come back to it the hospital scene he's like seven years later he's shown like real rough he has this crazy long hair and this like really <laughs> long mustache hair. but there's no like there's no sideburns and there's no beard. No. It's just the Fu Manchu. Someone so has this been woman coming over with been, a razor. Yeah, she's been taking care of him this whole time, making sure that he's like you know weirdly falling in love with this man in a coma. And she's been cleaning him, but she hasn't cut his hair. She hasn't cut his mustache. Just his chops and his beard, so that he keeps the weird long Fu Manchu. It's. And, and we do need to say it is a good thing that later on in this movie he cuts that out. Otherwise, yes. Jason Momoa would not have had a chance. Jason, Momoa, if, if this had stayed <laughs> for more than one movie, Jason Momoa would be like knockoff Steven Seagal. Like we can thank, you know, Jason should be thanking his lucky stars. Really? You know, that that Seagal cut this off so he would not be labeled as knockoff Seagal. He really, Zach and I both like sat up and we had to we had to pause it and go back because we were like, like no, 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 that definitely looks like a, a weird no, because amount, like Jason Momoa. Because when I watch Dune and you see Jason Momoa without the beard, it's wrong. It's not good. Jason Momoa is so much better with the beard. So he is lucky that Seagal did not like that. You look at this now and you think Seagal is knockoff Jason Momoa and not the other way around because Seagal yeah. from multiple movies. That would be a, such a much worse timeline for us to be living. Yeah. So I'm not going to say this movie was actually any better, but I did have a much better time with this versus the first one. Really? I, it was so it was much less convoluted in the plot. Guy, That's it gets true. shot by a bad guy, goes into coma, goes on a revenge spree to get back at the people who are hunting him down. Like it's not complicated. It was no. also be, very entertaining. Think he's gonna get away, but then they bust him because the like, nurse that falls in love with him is Kelly LeBrock, which at the time was his wife, who he cheated on constantly like made her Which, life a living hell <laughs> even worse kelly lebrock who he married while 
currently married to another woman who he just abandoned with child in Japan. Oh, he was married no. to a woman living in Japan when he then married Kelly LeBrock, whom he then also cheated. This is why I do not look up anyone's personal lives on these films. So I don't Kelly know anything LeBrock, about their personal lives. I am just looking at this piece of art. Like, death of all so yeah, art is a really yeah, loose the art term. The artist here, yeah, Seagal, yeah. <laughs> Another thing, uh, Kelly LeBrock is an American actress. Uh, her... Really? Yes. Couldn't what tell. Par- I don't see anything about parents. She's not British. And she has a British accent in this you movie, don't and it's terrible. And it was, I um, just can't fathom, the whole time Zach and I were talking nonstop, I, I just can't understand who made that character choice and why they let her stick with it. Or I shouldn't say why, that assumes she made it. Someone made that character choice and someone let that person who made that decision stick with it. And they did the screen test, she tried the accent and nobody said no. They said, yep, sounds good, Okay, I think this is, maybe this is an an unfair thing of me to say, but I really think from the get-go, Steven Seagal was using at least part of these movies to fulfill some weird fetishes. Oh, well, 100%. I mean, that's certainly. that's why there are consistently more almost and more certainly. naked women 100%. in them. 100%. No, we'll, we'll get the, into the, how specific well, it gets. But specifically for the, well, but this one that it's the British nurse, like, fawning over yeah, when she can a, wake up mm. because he has such an amazing people. No, I gotcha. There's You're right. British nurse. Yeah. No, because she does, she <laughs> says, especially so given, much for you to live for, and then lifts up the, <laughs> the blanket yes. covering it. And I think to also give it credit, the fact that it is his current wife, that he's like, I'm going to cast my wife in this movie and have her be this, like, British nurse that just, like, can only think about how amazing and, like, sexy I am. Yeah, no, you know what? You are uh, you are right on the money. You're both um, 100% but no, right. I'm going to, we're two episodes in. I think I, of this little, um, they deserve so much better than this corner that we are going to have. Um, I think she's already, like, she shot up to the number one on the list. Kelly LeBrock is the winner of the Deserve So Much Better. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Actor or actress that stars in the Steven Seagal movie. better. Given the fact that this was not just her career, also her life. She deserves so much better than this. Kelly LeBrock, you were fantastic in Weird Science. Um, oh, yeah. And, right? Where yeah. you do not have a terrible British accent, <laughs> in my recollection. That was a good call. Um, John Hughes uh, made a, a good call there. Like I think, I think Steven Seagal just wanted to make a movie where he lets everybody know that he sleeps with the woman from Weird Science. Honestly, was she in uh, Weird but, Science but at the she's, time? But she's British in this one. Um, Hard to Kill came out in 1990. Um, Weird Science came out 1985. Yeah, that was 85. Oh yeah, yeah. you're right. That was the, the the woman from Weird Science. Like the literally the most perfect dream woman that science can create that he says i got her and i made her a nurse in british <laughs> literally like the whole plot of weird science is that this woman is too perfect she must be fake like that's the whole point of yeah. the movie and he says she's mine and makes a whole movie about it also okay let's just talk about yes. this relationship for a second because <laughs> i want to talk about how the this character the biggest quotes. would have experienced all this so from the character's oh, perspective... Oh, when we were watching this, we had the same reaction. Oh from God, the character's perspective, his wife died, like, this morning. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, his wife died, and then the next thing he knows, he's waking up. And he, like, is in love, and or at least in relations with this nurse, like, yeah. the day of or the day after. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's a problem, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no, we, yeah that was an immediate reaction while we were watching that. You're just like, there, no time passed. Yeah, no, from his perspective, like, nothing happened. 
he uh he saw his family murdered and then went into a coma and then woke up and then slept with a british nurse yes <laughs> um so also kind of included in this actors who would go on to do great things later on oh yeah um, let's continue this theme so we have william sadler um, who stars in some Bill and Ted movies, um, Shawshank Redemption as one of the convicts. Um, Die Hard 2. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was in Die Hard 2. Yeah. So William Sadler would go on to do so much better after this. You have Frederick Coffin um, starring in... Ooh, what all do we have here? Wayne's World. All right. Party on. <laughs> party, party on, Wayne. Party on, Garth. Um, actually, he doesn't have too much else to do. No. Um, I mean, uh, IMDb considers this his biggest film. Yeah, but... okay, I'm sorry, Frederick Coffin. Maybe you deserves, better. deserves better. So, <laughs> the, actual, the actual that... come-from-behind secret, you know, shadowy person, like I was giving to, um, why am I blanking on his name last episode? Will Ferrell's friend. John C. Riley. Oh, yeah. So the John C. Riley of this film has to be Dean Norris on screen for, I think, less than five seconds. <laughs> yes. He is just. He plays the call just a guy at a desk. But. He just but, gets the call that they intercept that they know he's awake so they can go try to kill him at the hospital. But no. But Dean but Norris, this, Uncle Hank cameo. But this same movie. year, the yes. same year that Hard to Kill came out, he was in Total Recall. And in the next year, he was in Terminator 2. <laughs> and then what? He started I mean, no. Okay. Okay. But. Having said that, that is true. Yeah. I I can guarantee when Hans and I watched this movie, he popped up. We said, Uncle Hank. I want yeah. when when he popped up. We did had to you confirm. Say, oh. We had to look it up. Oh, you I know. Like, you, you, when he popped young. up, did you say, oh, that's the guy from Terminator 2 and Total Recall, or did you say, Uncle no, Hank? absolutely. No, it was Uncle Hank. Uncle but Hank. like, Uncle Hank, uh, thank you for showing up in this movie. But <laughs> immediately, <laughs> like, hard to kill, just like immediately, he started showing up in what would become incredibly famous movies. He was also in Gremlins 2. So he didn't like. Really? So it's his was yes. faster than like the five year mark that we were estimating. He was he, in the like, lawnmower. The payoff man. here was immediate. Um, and then here's Uncle Hank, and nothing else in between them. <laughs> no, he was in a few. <laughs> he was in a few episodes of television. He was on an episode of the X Files. Like he was just kind of like languishing in TV shows you know, and like background characters in characters, yeah. very famous movies. Um. Oh, he was in Gattaca. He played a cop in Gattaca. He plays a lot of cops. I mean, yeah. He fits the bill. Does it really yeah, well? He looks like a cop. It, it's like Dean Norris and Michael Chiklis. Like this is what. <laughs> like, I'm what sorry, Dean Norris. You look like a cop. <laughs> I mean, he looks like DEA agent Hank Trader. <laughs> he does. Man, he's really All good right. at playing cops. He's played a lot of cops. I'm looking at his IMDb page. It's like mostly cops. <laughs> So hard to kill. Yeah, yeah. How hard to kill. About hard to well, kill. Before I think slightly better because it's just as dumb, but less stupidly complicated. I this one holds a special place in my heart, specifically yes. because okay. we have to bring it up. Okay. <laughs> and you knew this was coming. The, oh, the, of course. the single best moment in this entire movie has absolutely nothing to do with Steven Seagal. It's when they're in the the, the two nurses are talking about him because he hasn't he hasn't woken up from his coma yet. The woman who's in love with him is talking to the other nurse about like I wonder if he'll ever wake up, and this woman goes, "Name's <laughs> Martha Co." Like sassy black woman, the the best character in the entire movie, and she goes. <laughs> talking about how he like moved a little bit and she said i thought he was gonna sit up i almost (laughs) (laughs) not 
Not like I almost shit my pants. Not I like it was just I almost, I almost period. And it was just the perfect delivery. Could well, not have been better. End of I almost yeah, it, like I, I could not replicate it if I tried also, a million times. It was so perfect, and the whole time, yeah, the whole time she's saying it, she's holding a mug that says "Black by Popular Demand," and I've lost it. Just I'm, so perfect. It really, it. it's funny because they sandwich right there next to each other the absolute best line of the film next to the absolute <laughs> worst, most abhorrent, obscene thing I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> When she holding the mug that says "Black by Popular Demand" and she says, "I almost," it's very funny. It's very great. We love you, Martha Co. Um, I don't know what you're doing these days. If you'd like to be a guest, please reach out to us. What's the uh, actress's name? I can't. I'll have to look it up. Martha. Oh wait, was Martha Co. not the actress's name? No, no, that's the character. No, no, I'm I'm embarrassing myself in front of Martha Co. already. She's not going to want to come on the show. Um, she's not even credited on Wikipedia. Come on. Well, Geraldo Rivera was in this movie, and he played himself. Oh, my God, you're right. Francesca Roberts. Francesca uh, Roberts. Please thank forgive you. my boneheaded mistake. I don't know what you're doing these days. If you're still active, um, please come on our show. We would love to have you. Oh, she Francesca was in Legally Roberts Blonde. Well, she was also in Super Mario Brothers, the poor woman. The poor, what, what's wait, wrong with that? The, wait, Legally Blonde the movie or the musical? Legally Blonde the movie and Super Mario Brothers the movie. Okay, so you were in the second best interpretation of Legally Blonde. Um, we would love to have you on the show. Please, I beg of you. You were the best part of this movie by far. Of any Steven Skull movie I've seen so far. Um, but after the amazing line delivered by her, you have the worst line in, <laughs> I think, any movie I've ever seen. When Kelly LeBrock's character oh, oh, to no. a sleeping man says <laughs> oh, I um, about this. along the lines of, do you want a little pussy? And then holds up a small kitten, which is not referenced before or after. Nope. Has no reason to be in the hospital other than nope. they thought it was a funny joke that she says, would you like a little pussy? And, and there's then holds up a cat and that's it. There's that's a solid the delay. It, would you like a little pause just enough for you to think about what she said just enough for you to hate and feel like you just need to go shower and, and she holds up the little cat and that's it that's the only time this cat exists. and we come back and to my it. theory that i think yes. he was just i think steven seagal was just trying to fulfill really specific fetishes while also making a movie on the side no, I I, no, I, I mean, couldn't agree with you more. This is not something I, I even thought about previously, but I mean, as soon as you said it, you're 100% better. right. And I think as the movies go on, because again, we have worse. two more movies to talk about in a little <laughs> bit. I mean, we have like 48 more movies to talk about. <laughs> but, but the next two movies, I think it becomes even more overt. I mean, and I, I'm just going to say here, I'll take it one step further. I think he's only really interested in the prospects of making movies so he can be in an advantageous position over actresses trying out for his movies and do bad things there. And then also getting to act out his fantasies and fetishes during the movie is like a neat side benefit of it. Well, so because, because I want to say like, um, <laughs> that's I my want, theory. I want this. Note right. That's that my libel and slander. Come after me. <laughs> he gets two sex scenes in this movie. The first one is with his like wife. Mm-hmm. Um, his, his he's brutally murdered. His very uh, fictional wife, and, and then the second one life. is with his with, real wife. So, like yeah, the actual sex scene that you like see a lot uh, is early in the movie with his fake wife, who then is immediately brutally murdered. Yep, this uh, becomes a running theme. 
yeah, that it's a disturbing theme, which we'll talk about later. But um, and then later in the movie, when he wakes up from his coma, from his perspective, like an hour later, um, he then has another sex scene with his actual real life wife, who I didn't know was his actual real life wife until this evening when we well, recorded this. Um, one of two at the time. <laughs> one of two real life wives. One of two. One of his currently real life wives. We keep saying that I got. Well, I have to look up while you keep talking. I have to look up when he actually ended up for real divorcing his first wife. Yeah, um, I think fun he, fact: it was after he married a second. I'll tell you that much. And like, I'm watching this movie, and I'm just thinking, did he just want to tell me that he has sex with the woman from Weird Science? Is because it, he could just tell me that. He didn't have to make a movie around that fact. I mean, I think to be fair, that is the Steven Seagal movie. Is that he know? <laughs> is that you know that he's tough? That nobody, literally nobody, can hurt him. Mm-hmm. Even when you kill him, you can't hurt him. No, and he has sex with women. Wait, he's to kill. The two things to learn about him. Okay, I'm I'm sorry. Hold on, but we got this part. I, so I'm just looking at his Wikipedia page. We got this partially wrong. It says he was married to, and I'm gonna butcher this. I'm so sorry, Miyako Fujitani in 1975 through 1986. So he's, he divorced her in 1986. So it oh, was four wait. years before this movie oh. came out. But oh, then he was married oh, to no. Adrian Larusa in '84 oh. to '84. So it wasn't. So we were wrong. It wasn't Kelly LeBrock right. that he was oh, married to while he was married to his first wife. He was married it to Adrian Larusa. There was a whole different woman in between there. Yeah. Oh, I forgot no. about and then Kelly LeBrock was his third wife, and he married her the year after he okay. divorced his first okay. wife. So, so there, there's still some yeah. really terrible overlap there, just with a different woman. Yeah. So he had his first American wife he was married to at the same time as his wife, who, again, he abandoned. He just left in Japan to run his dojo along with uh, his children, his one son. <laughs> oh, no, multiple children. Um, but yes, okay, so he work. was freshly single and ready to mingle when he married Kelly LeBrock. Uh, but he did have two wives at the same time, and uh, we will state for the record. Although, um, married and annulled within the same year with Adrian LaRussa. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm sorry. I, I know we're getting off topic, but I'm just looking at his Wikipedia page, and there's a link to his website. And oh, oh no. my god, is this yes. website marvelous. Oh, well, no. okay, real quick before that, so his second wife, Adrienne LaRussa, did you know that she was a childhood friend of actor Henry Winkler? The Fonsons? Really? Oh, huh. Yeah, look at that. She knew Henry Winkler. Steven Seagal sits at the, a very interesting social web. Yeah. <laughs> and he's so, at the bottom of the she... whole thing. <laughs> He, he's it, it's it's a whole social web and he's like the the bug that's trapped by the spider <laughs> um so she was married in 1984 to steven seagal and then in all that same year and then she married robert french in 1987 and i hope the rest of her life was so much better than it was i hope seagal. I, I hope everyone who has touched any of these films has had just like a wonderful life after these films yeah, that's all I can. Oh my God, Steven Seagal's official website is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Serious, StevenSeagal.com. It, it, I can't describe with words how 2006 this feels. Hey, did you know that Steven and his band will be Future Tense will be touring Europe in 2014? <laughs> his website, let me know. We still haven't listened to any of his music. We definitely need no. to download. No, and that's listen later. To his I have music. that. The, don't worry, I have that in the curriculum. That's built Ooh, in. Can okay. we? Can we ask him? Can we like get one of his songs as like the official song for this thing? <laughs> can we license it? Yes. <laughs> we'll look into that. Wow, 
Jeez, this is brutal is, to look at. Oh my god. Um. All right. So, uh, are there any other horrible? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, back on track. I, sorry. Something sorry, I sorry. actually forgot to mention. So, yeah. As a, as a fan of the Metal Gear Solid series, um, yes. directed by Japanese gaming actor Hideo Kojima. Um. The scene in this where he wakes up in the hospital and has to make the escape, oh I was very upset while we were watching this movie. I was so incredibly upset at how oh close God. this actually mirrors the opening scenes of Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> that in that one, you wake up from, I believe, a nine-year coma, and he has to make his... And there, when he wakes up, a call is made that is intercepted, so agents come to kill him, and he has to make his escape. Um, Does he use a broom handle w- to, like push elevator no. buttons so funnily enough the steven seagal version they said hey, you don't even have to get out of bed it's fine <laughs> and elgar saw that at least make you crawl along the floor um but you are aided by uh jack bauer himself Kiefer sutherland is helping Ooh. you escape and this one steven seagal does it himself so that's the key difference is that he okay. doesn't even get himself out of bed but he does you know everything himself i mean um, I, seven and years that in a, a coma that's yeah, some pretty major no, muscle no, that's fair whatever yeah. it's the muscle but, atrophy is um, that what it's called and yeah, then there's a car atrophy, chase your muscles atrophy and which i was surprised this movie actually portrays somewhere realistically like i would have been surprised if he just got up and he's like who are these hospital <laughs> trying to take me down just, like, just like <laughs> karate so a surprising amount of restraint on somebody's part making that movie um yeah. Except then, of course, at the end, it's the hospital, cha- the the car chase with the nurse, as opposed to riding on a horse with your like enemy slash best friend slash lover, um, escaping from like a big, oh you know, God. huge egregious Moby Dick reference that's flying through the air like a big yeah. flaming whale. So, I my conspiracy theory. We have a lot of students call conspiracy theories here. My conspiracy theory on this is that if you read like Hideo Kojima, he lays out his influences. The man loves movies. He'll tell you what movies. But I think, like any good letterboxed reviewer. Um, he has the movies that he talks about influencing him and the ones that are like cool and good and like he won't get judged for and maybe secretly there's some Seagal influence in there that he'll never admit to. Like when you look up his influences, it's like 2001 A Space Odyssey, like Escape from New York, like cool movies that people like and you know that like, you know, cool hip, you know, cinephiles will have like, you know, good opinions on and then, like, secretly while he was making that, he was just watching, like, Hard to Kill, like, 47 times in a row. And oh, my God. And you could hold him at gunpoint, and he would not admit to it. <laughs> I can imagine him just, like, watching this movie and going, like, I could do this better. <laughs> like, people always point out when I make, like, a really obvious allusion to something. No one's going to point out this one. No, no one's going to watch Steven Seagal <laughs> and say, no, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. And That's in, my in Kojima's theoretical defense... I did watch some of these movies and think I could do this better. So, like, I get it. We'll give him that. I get the impulse. Like, I'm. Uh, It's hard to. It's hard to do something good better. It's easy to do something bad. Yeah. If I. I mean, if I could just get a camcorder and half an hour in the hospital to just (laughs) like roll around on a gurney. I. I I gotta be honest. I give this movie a lot of. But the, the hospital scenes without the. awful big disclaimer big asterisk yeah the the hospital scenes that do not involve the over sexualized nurse uh of him trying to escape people while like just having come out of a coma are actually pretty decent like i have to give it props for that i will say but like the assassin that gets into the hospital who just like walks up to the counter and asks for personal information on (laughs) i mean it was was you know it was the early 90s you could just not just that but he was just walking around the hallways with a gun out 
there was no security back then. No. They well, see, if you're and, trying to bring a bomb into the airport, they give you a high five and pat on the ass. And say, to the movie's ahead, credit, <laughs> I'm going to give the movie some credit. A doctor comes over okay, to the sir. nurse's station and is like, who was that guy? <laughs> wow. Uh, wow, the credit this movie deserves. <laughs> like, why did you just let a stranger walk in here and just, like, take a list of patients? And yeah, it's the okay. The doctor asked, who was leave. that guy? <laughs> why did you let him do that? All right, but that's actually this is a pretty good segue. So, what are we? What are our general? What are our letterbox reviews? And what are our? Oh, gosh, um, I went first last time. Okay, so mine, I think it's not even a quote that's said by a character. I have to give best quote to Black by Popular Demand written on the mug. <laughs> that's what I'm holding. Black by Popular Demand is the best part of that movie. If we're going to give it to Segal. Um, the worst Seagal quote in this movie has to be, I'm going to take you to the bank, Senator Trent, to the blood (laughs) Blood bank. bank. (laughs) (laughs) Because again, this guy, when they were writing this, they thought every 17 year old was going to think this is so cool. And it is so not cool. It is so much the opposite of cool. Like it could never be cool. Um, either that or whenever he goes to his old house that like now people are currently living in posing as a real estate agent. And he just rips open a hole in the wall to get the videotape. <laughs> and he says, I'm sorry, but your contractor's doing a lousy job. <laughs> yeah. That's quote number three. I'm sorry. My favorite quote is three quotes. I, no, that's a solid Black list. Popular Demand you stole all the best. the best quotes. Honestly, so, I have I'm nothing sorry. else. That's why I had to go first. But I gave this two stars. Two out of five stars. Slightly half a star better than the last one because it was just a bit more straightforward. And we had... Maybe because, like, you know, we got in our groove. This was the second half of our double feature. I had a much better time watching this movie. Yeah, half for sure. Half better, at least. All right, next. Go um, ahead. Yeah, I... Oh, so in a rare twist, I give this movie one star. <laughs> Hell yeah. Stand by your opinion, King. I ask you to change nothing in this episode. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I gave it one star, mostly because when I went to go review it, I had waited like two days, two or three days after watching it to, to review it. it. So I, that's, that's what I thought. That was a big mistake because I couldn't remember anything about it. <laughs> but like, um, and all I can remember about the movie really because i had to like read the wikipedia article to like remind me of what happened in this movie but um i said the only reason i can remember even remember the name of the main character is because one every other character shouts his name at least once <laughs> Star. and two it sounds like something from threat level midnight um, <laughs> really nail on the head like i i remember watching this movie just thinking michael scott from the office would love this movie he absolutely would he would love this movie um and i said i would generously call this an action comedy because i think it's definitely not meant to be but (laughs) well i think it has some funny moments like when he's trying like the hospital escape scene where he spends the whole thing on the gurney i was laughing through like a good chunk of that i thought it was pretty funny no, you know what, but that's then fair. once he that. once he leaves the hospital and it turns into like an honest to goodness action movie, it becomes so boring and forgettable. <laughs> yeah. All right, Hans. So I gave this two stars, same as above the nice. law. I I was sort of sort of a flat line for me. This one was less confusing, but equally frustrating to watch. Uh, considering in my Letterboxd review, I have that the best line and the best part of the entire movie was also oh, obviously the nurse holding the mug. 
Um, I put in here, I th- for like this, he's supposed to be an honest cop, and he was, you know, sh- sh- put into a coma, and his family was killed because he was an honest cop just doing his job. Uh, for an honest cop who's just trying to do his job, he has absolutely no problem stealing a lot of cars. I think there were three cars stolen by so him in this movie. He uh, like sold a car to a bunch of carjackers. He, he just yep. did like a random like roadside deal there where they like traded cars. Yep. Uh, I'm just now remembering this scene. Yeah, and just destroyed he, like, a whole bunch of property. And like, oh yeah, he speaks a lot of bad Spanish in this movie. <laughs> yeah, he does. He operates above a lot of laws in this movie. Whilst being yeah. pretty hard to kill. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm remembering now, like, yeah. his idea of race, I don't want to really get into it because I'm not an expert, but it's, like, really bad. It's definitely towing a line somewhere. <laughs> well, and and in this one, I think, though, actually, out of all of them, this is the one where he's least confused about his own race. He's just kind of playing a generic American guy, so maybe that's why Kelly Lebrock has to be British. Like, yeah. somebody has to be playing entirely outside their wheelhouse for, like, race, ethnicity, or nationality. Yeah. So this time he loaded it onto the love interest. Because in this one, he's just a guy. Yeah. And he speaks to Hispanics like it's a 1980s cop movie. Uh, wow, um, okay. Which, like, I shouldn't be surprised, I guess. <laughs> but I guess in, in the year of our Lord 2023, watching these movies, I'm somehow With surprised. So much more enlightened future. <laughs> yeah, that this is how people talk to each other. Well, fun fact, it's only going to get worse with the next one. That's a little teaser for Mark for Death. It's only oh going to get gosh. way worse. It gets way worse. So much worse. <laughs> All right, Just but I think that... Uh, over-stereotyping a lot. Yeah, I think that is hard to kill. Uh, that um, does it. Turns out the memory of this movie was pretty easy to kill. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, you you got the stinger. I was gonna have a stinger. I was gonna say hard to kill, more like hard to enjoy, more like hard to like. I don't know. <laughs> I had one. That we can have multiple stingers. It. Steven Seagal is hard to kill and incredibly hard to like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's let's cut it there. That's perfect. <laughs> that means one of us has to die. Don't mention it, brother. <laughs>